Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast that is disappointed about the lack of decorative belts. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Oh my god, I was so pissed. I just kept waiting for people to change into other things, and it kept not happening. They're wearing the same thing the entire goddamn episode. We're now seven for eight on decorative belts in season five, and that is one too few. It's so disappointing. Like, I just am, I'm grasping at straws trying to find something that I could call a belt, and I Mm. can't. I can't find it. No, Buffy's disappointing. Listen, a bunch of people are wearing crazy shit this episode. Let's not sweep that under the rug, but (laughs) nothing like a decorative belt. Fuck everything. Yeah, pretty much. So this is season five, episode eight, Shadow, original air date, November 21st, 2000. Now, the shadow in this episode refers to two things. One, Joyce and her brain tumor, and two, the giant snake. Wait, no, it doesn't actually apply to that one, does it? Uh, glory and the shadow that she casts over everyone? I think it's just about Joyce. Oh. I don't know. So then, you, we can then try the and shoehorn thing? it if you want. <laughs> The snake thing, surely that's like an important part of the episode that does something for the things. They were just thinking this show as a whole doesn't have enough snakes. We need more snakes. Yeah, so that's good times. All right, Shadow, let's do this. Joyce is in there getting one of them their cat scans in a giant expensive machine that how is she going to pay for this medical procedure? I had this question as well, like, does the gallery give her good insurance? That's not a CAT scan. That's an MRI machine. Okay. That's that not a CAT MRI scan. MRI machine has way big windows, doesn't it? It's like a TV MRI machine. Okay, yeah. Right? Because you still have to try to film, like, the person. But in no way is that a CAT scan. I don't know what a CAT scan looks like. I know what an MRI looks like. So I was like, oh, this is not one of those. Because that one, you need like a giant magnet spinning around the tube. And in this one, it's just like open sides. Three out of the four, maybe four out of the four sides are open and there's no magnet spinning. And I'm like, oh, then it's not an MRI, is it? So I've looked up CAT scan and... In a CAT scan, it looks like it's sort of like a very short MRI. Like, so short, okay. like a like a foot long. Oh, yeah. And, like, Joyce's whole body is going into something. Then, yeah, it's an MRI. So, by definition, they, it's not They a just CAT mix scan. up the terms, you know? They're, they're saying they they're equivalent. They saying it. Well, and the other thing is, you don't generally stay overnight because you're getting a CAT scan. Mm, they're quick procedures. It does not take very long. After what they discover from the CAT scan, it makes a lot of sense that Joyce is kept at the hospital. Right. But when she's initially going to the hospital and she's like, oh, I have to stay overnight for this CAT scan. You're like, no, no, you don't. What hospital is this? They're just trying to get your sweet, sweet gallery insurance money, Joyce. Dawn's asking about, you know, how cats are involved in the process (laughs) and adorable question. And she's very worried about her mother and all that good stuff. I was like, hmm. I don't really know what CAT stands for, so I'm going to take a guess, and then I don't know if you actually know or not, but just, you know, if you don't, you can take a guess after I do. Okay, so I'm pretty sure the C is for cranial, and Mm. then I went for axiogram, which is not a word, and then tachycardia (laughs) machine, and that's not... The tachycardia is definitely a medical term, but it's not the correct one for this, I feel. Well, so I had just Googled this, so... Oh, cheater. I've cheated. So, first off, it's actually just a CT scan, but people call it a CAT scan. Oh, right. I have heard that term. Yes. Yes. And all it stands for is computed tomography. What? It's not even cranial? (laughs) No. What's happening here? It's garbage. (laughs) Tomography? No, that's the study of Toms. (laughs) Oh, God. Or the mapping of Toms? Yeah, they need to know how similar Joyce's brain is to Tom's brain. Yeah, that's the mapping of Tom's, yeah. Yeah, they'll be able to tell if anything's wrong with it based on that. Tomology is the study of Tom's. (laughs) So yeah, uh, Dawn is very scared and so she's asking these silly questions just to distract herself. 
And Buffy is initially about to get annoyed with her and then looks over at her and realizes what's actually going on. And they have sort of a nice moment that is ruined by my first picture because it shows what boots Buffy's wearing. Is this, okay, boots most fleeting? Because this is the only scene in which she is wearing these insane fucking boots. They are crazy looking boots. They are are striped with like, yeah, they're a purplish silver maybe. With and stripes of heels. different colors? Yeah, like, they're definitely big heels. They're big heels, and like you can't see the heels, so you have to figure they're probably pretty thin. I think they're not striped. They're just the um like the fabric of the boot is sort of scrunched. Oh, it's rippled, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so then it looks kind of stripey, but I think they're just like silver ass boots. <laughs> they're so inappropriate for any situation. Well, that's why she changes out of them and leaves the rest of her uh, outfit as is, I guess. At one point, she's wearing shoes. Yeah, same outfit. And then at another point, she changes into heels. There's a surprising <laughs> number of shoe changes and then nothing, no other outfit changes from anyone if she but changed Lori. into any other outfit, she would have had the decorative <gasps> belt that we so crave but <laughs> she doesn't so why no, do you do this to us? this episode was called shadow officially but i think the alternate and better name for it i would say is buffy wins sister of the year <laughs> <laughs> and riley wins stepbrother of the year riley is such a better sibling to dawn in this episode like, <laughs> leads ahead just He's so far ahead that Buffy cannot see Dawn anymore, which in her mind is perfect because she doesn't want to. And Riley's there like, hey, this person's going through some shit. I'll try to help them with that. And Buffy's like, I don't got time for your nonsense, son am. I'm doing my own thing. Ri-Fi, get yourself the fuck out of here. Exactly. She's got CC to go take care of Sun AM. So oh. why would she bother doing it herself? She's just such a terrible sibling. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And Wi-Fi is so good in comparison that it just casts such a bad light on Buffy. And obviously, her mom is also it's yeah, it's both of their parents that are going through this thing. But like, be there for this person because you know what she's going through. <laughs> Buffy's but no. not good at talking about her feelings. She can't oh punch Dawn, so uh, how can she possibly fix this? Oh, she's just gonna <laughs> punch things until they're better. It's five seasons in, and she can still only punch them. And hey, she'll get that opportunity. Don't you worry about it. Oh, she will. So Tara's being an independent human in the magic box to some extent. But again, only in that way that we see, like, just before Willow walks in. Yeah. It's always that she's waiting for Willow to show up, or that's Mm -hmm. what it seems like. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of people having a conversation with Tara who are not Willow. No. This does bring us into our first segment, though, as Willow walks through the door quite casually and confidently. (laughs) Willow know. I know exactly what I want and who I want to be. I know exactly why I walk and talk like a machine. I'm now becoming my own self-fulfilled prophecy. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh. <laughs> So I was like, uh, did I do this segment before? Season one, Michaela. Episode wow. one. I did... <laughs> Willow, hey girl, that's what I did. <laughs> Not Willow, no. But now there's so much orange that they choose to put on this poor ginger. And she just, she cannot stand up for herself to say, no more, show. I'm not wearing any more bright orange tops that set off my orange hair and just make me look like a carrot. She can't do it. Well, yeah, as evidenced by the very orange top that she's wearing in your picture orange and my picture opposite day. Ooh, opposite day. I've called it opposite day. Oh, because... oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Willow oh, is wearing no. this insanely orange shirt and like very brownish pants. Why? Tara is wearing a brown shirt and a very orange skirt. It's, I would say, more orange than Willow's incredibly orange shirt. Why did this happen? And they're sitting beside each other, and I'm just like, what? 
is no, going it looks like on. a checkerboard now. <laughs> you should never have put these two people beside each other. But they had to, because the costumer was like, eh? It's eh? so intentional. It has to be intentional. It's so intentional. Yes. And it's so garbage. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, either one of these people should have just been like, not happening. Zero percent. Get out of here. But at the same time, our next thing, you've called it old shiny lips, I think. I've called it (laughs) why lips, why. Didn't Amber Benson look at herself in the mirror after they put this lip color on her and say, no, stop. I can't go out like this. I look insane. Okay. Yes, on the lips. The lip color's crazy. The rest of her, especially in old shiny lips, which... (laughs) It's unkind <laughs> Amber Benson. Yeah. But in the rest of that picture, if her lips were a normal color and a normal level of shininess, she looks amazing. And that's why the lips are doing such a disservice. Because, yeah, the, like her eye shadow is great. This color that they've got on her, the brownish sort of top, and then, then there's like a dark red uh, tank top under it, all looks really good. They They figured out how to make her look great and like a normal person and not schlubby which is she's great got this for her. regular part where it's just a line and not a <laughs> oh, bunch yeah. of fucking arrows on her head <laughs> oh i forgot about the part oh how could i forget oh my god but then god. yeah old shiny lips comes into play and you're like why why did uh, no you say no amber benson you say no take this back I love that you've got the mug in this picture. <laughs> oh, did I? Nice. <laughs> I don't okay. think you meant to. Because <laughs> I watch. had hashtag green mug watch. Yeah. Mug watch is <laughs> here to stay. Yeah. Oh, Giles yeah. is really going hard on that. And uh, <laughs> Xander's talking about how the whole tomb go boom thing from last episode was like right. not great. Yeah. Where Wi-Fi blew up a crypt and didn't wait Alone. for backup that he yep. should have. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're sort of mad at him about that because they should be. And he's a thrill-seeking glory hound or I don't know. He's just a... <laughs> I don't know if that's what you want to be saying. In the episode with glory being yeah. heavily featured. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a thrill seeker, he's an adrenaline junkie, and it's not a good idea to do what he did. Like, if he was on a police force, they'd be asking for his gun and badge back. Oh yeah, he's a maverick. That's the Absolutely. level we've he gotten to. turn to. them in. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we finally get to see Glory's minion. Unless you have more to say about Opposite Day and things I do in not. the magic box. Cool. No, I'm, I'm happy. Well, Anya's adorable, being all proud of herself that... She doesn't want the day to start with a massacre or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's really shown character growth yeah, in that she's, way. She's on. She just is so pleased. It's just delightful. But yeah, Glory's minion. He's the gross dude. His <laughs> name's like Dreg or something. I don't even know. I think he says his full name and then she shortens it. Yeah. What is this guy's name? Well, oh, I love him. He's always trying to talk about how like radiant and smooth and silken glory is uh, but he does his best to change it up every time because yep. you have to imagine that she'd be pretty pissed if oh if he keeps he using ever... the same compliment oh yeah no, no 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 yeah he's credited as dreg so there you go that's his name i got it boom yeah. all right uh i think this is the first time that he's actually naming glory really yes so episode eight yeah that's uh Sure, go for it, man. That's fine. Whatever. We got it. Glorificus is mentioned as like a longer version of it. Is that her actual name? That's her Does actual she... name. Yes. Does she have a name though? Yes. Yes. She she existed before language. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's soup's gross. He's got this spell scroll for her and Glory's just like this constant red alert. Her robe is fire emoji. She does a bunch of high heel trying on that are, that's in my mind, more proof of this weird foot fetish that one of the showrunners has. Shit, you're right. Oh my God. All we've done is prove the foot fetish. Yeah, I got a velvet like what picture. Ooh, nice. Because is this the her, robe? Her oh, pants. Fire emo- oh, yes. Yeah. And her pants are just like straight up velvet pajamas. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. she's got this spicy robe. She's just surrounded by red at all times, it seems. Yes. And that's great. Oh, it suits her very well. Red and gold, really, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the colors of opulence. Yeah. I didn't notice this giant wedge shoe she has in back. <laughs> Off to the right, the silver the, one. The silver shiny one. Oh, it's amazing. And you're like, wear that. 
You should wear that. But honestly, she's just surrounded by shoes. Later on, she's like throwing bags around, also full of shoes. So mm-hmm. maybe Glory just really likes her own feet. Yeah. Right, this fictional character came out and was like, no, you have to put shoes in the show. You have to focus on my feet. And the director was like, oh, all right, I guess. I didn't have anything for feet before this. Uh, Yeah, we're all good here. I guess the real question is, does this have the same director as the other episode? (laughs) Let me check. What was the other one that was super foot heavy? Uh, I think it was episode five. No Place Like Home? Yeah, that makes sense. Nope, different director. Ooh, snap. Theory either disproven or on the ropes. I'm going to say on the ropes because there's still a lot of stuff about her feet. (laughs) Now let me just see. Uh, I think it's even a different writer. I've got nothing for you. I'm sorry. Mm, Someone. Mm. Someone involved in production. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, maybe Joss, actually. Hmm. Oh, that seems like a director thing to do. Joss has like a foot thing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You're so displeased by that idea. (laughs) Uh, Rifi shows up at the Summer's house to find, A, there's no one home, B, there's some sort of interloper, and who could it be? Oh, it's so creepy. creepiest guy this side of Sunny D. Oh, it's so, I just, I hate how creepy it is. Oh, it's so creepy. So Spike is upstairs smelling Buffy's sweater in a full beam of sunlight. Ah, he's in the house, UV rays can't get through glass. Yep. Commonly yep. known fact about UV rays can't travel through glass or yeah. into any crypts. No, no, uh, no crypts. I mean, they have glass windows on his crypt, right? He, he yeah. put it, fitted them himself. <laughs> it's The windows are full of ozone, I think. That's how that works. Yep. Or something. Yeah, it's it's just the creepiest. And Rifi confronts him and drags him out of the room. And on his way out, he grabs a pair of Buffy's underwear. And you're like, nope. Nope, nope to hate all, all of this. Hate everything oh about it. God, why did they choose to do this? Yeah, I don't know. And this is like the worst part about this is this is all Spike gets to do this mm. episode. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the purpose of this is they go back downstairs and then Spike's making a lot of noise about how Buffy is, is an into Riley because he's white bread and she wants someone darker, blah, blah, blah. They oh went on a date last night. And the whole time you're just thinking... Did they recently bleach your hair? Is that why you look like a Ken doll? <laughs> so I'm wondering if they recently bleached his hair or he recently went on a vacation and got tanned or both. Because oh. for a vampire, this guy's complexion is pretty dark. Just look at this picture I took and you tell me his hair can move. Oh, no, no. It's it's the noodles. It's the dry noodles. Like, what is it's it? So Justin Timberlake? Solid. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a solid like lego piece that goes on top of his head yeah this is not moving in any way no it's just yeah not not great it (sighs) he's just so dark for a vampire right now he's very dark for a vampire for a really white vampire Mm. and Mm -hmm. the the platinum hair is not helping by any means because then you have that to contrast against but you have to figure that he like went on vacation came back they were like what did you do (laughs) No more vacations for you! (laughs) Why do we tell you, man? You go to fucking Alaska, Marsters. That's where you go. Just pick somewhere where the sun isn't gonna rise, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So, Spike's got some good points for Captain Cardboard. Uh, (laughs) This whole thing where he and Buffy went out for drinks last night when Buffy was too busy to spend time with Ri-Fi. Pretty pretty funny stuff, yeah. The whole fact that he's Captain Cardboard now, and that's not how Buffy typically rolls. And why haven't they banished Spike from this house? They've banished a lot of other vampires very recently. Everything Spike is saying is technically correct, and then also a good point. And because he came over to kill Buffy last night, he also has extra information about Buffy's mom's situation, which mm-hmm. Riley does not have. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Riley tries to get all like, you, you want to see darkness and like threatens to kill Spike by holding him out in the sun. And you're sort of like, buddy, what is stopping you? Like, again, <laughs> not that I want Spike to die, but what is stopping you? Yeah. Toss him out into the streets. 
and be like, hey, Buffy, I know we haven't seen Spike in a while, and that's because I caught him in your room sniffing your sweater, so I tossed him into the street. Right? Yeah. She's going to be like, cool. That takes care of that problem. I would imagine so, especially <laughs> as he tried to kiss her last night, and it's like, oh, man, that's just not things that I want to have to deal with right now. And then also showed up with a gun that she just didn't comment on. Yep. Uh, but anyways, yep. we love Spike. We don't want him to go away. I just wish he would stop being so creepy. And that's not his fault. That's the writers giving him nothing to do. It is. It's true. Joyce is getting some of her CAT scan slash MRI results back. And she's got a shadow in her brain. It's bad. That's, yeah, that's a brain tumor for sure. Not what you want to see on that old scan. No. And they're both, there's a lot of Joyce and Buffy trying to be brave for each other in this episode. Mm-hmm. When they look at each other, they're both like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And then when they look away, they're both like, don't break down right now. Just yeah. wait five more minutes. And you're, you're very sad because suddenly Joyce is a very good mother and you, you know, you're worried about her. <laughs> Unlike those other seasons that she was in. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Tara's got this theory about Glory that is such a shot in the dark that if it were true, I mean, Tara can predict the future for some things, so maybe she's just the best goddamn clairvoyant this town has ever seen. Because her, like, maybe Glory's an ancient evil that has no name because she predates language and thus isn't in any of these books because she can't be named. And you're like, wow, if that's anything approaching the truth... You're a goddamn savant, Tara. Absolutely, because all they've done is look through some books for a while with very little information. And they and don't have any information. It's like, oh, there's a person that looks like a human who's very yeah, strong. Exactly. How are they going to find that in hundreds of books that Giles has? You Thousands. Know? Yeah. So then this idea that, oh man, maybe she's just not in here. That just sounds like a way to squirrel out of research. Does it not? <laughs> yes, that's a Xander theory. Oh right? my god, if this had been presented by Xander as a way to just get out of having to do more research, it all makes so much more sense. <gasps> Everyone would just be like, wacky Xander hates research. And yeah, he does. He would just be like, uh, it almost worked. All right, let's keep looking. But yeah, Glory does show up in the magic box. She's wearing a fine-ass leather dress. And leather no one non-stop. recognizes her. Oh man, thank god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is uh, a damn fine dress that she's got. She just always looks great. And she really does wear a lot of leather because she's evil. And that's what we've come to expect. After Buffy's comment about her uh, her hair probably being dyed and like her roots showing, I just keep <laughs> looking at her damn roots and how they're such a different color than the rest of her oh, hair. Oh, so good. This is that whole thing of they're in the magic box they're having these conversations, and there are paying customers just wandering around them. Yeah, I was complaining about this. Was it off-pod? It may have been off-pod. Yeah, off no, pod, it was off-pod, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, hey, why doesn't this ever happen? Oh, it happens so much, David. You have no idea. <laughs> there are paying customers everywhere, and they're talking about this shit. So, yeah, they're essentially discussing how th- they think maybe Glory predates language and then all of a sudden she's right there and you think arguably she could have heard some of this but let's Mm -hmm. not worry about that right now she doesn't care about these people she's not listening to them at all they don't have anything interesting to say it is pretty great that so right before the cold open is done she she had there are some items she needs to complete this spell scroll so she's like she rips out the magic box yellow pages ad and she's come here to purchase the item she needs yep yep she pays for him and then leaves <laughs> yeah no trouble whatsoever no trouble. uh which is really fun it is really fun then Rifi's taking care of sun am buffy's got her crazy purple shirt she's got those hoop earrings because of course hoops, she does like, what hoops, hoops are sort of the like, replacement what? for fashion belt in a way. Uh, I, I mean, think, the hoop earrings, I think we might be eight for eight now. I think on we them. might be eight for eight. I We haven't been keeping as good uh, watch on them, but I think we're eight for eight. Yeah, Joyce's surgery went well, but there's 
more news, which is, oh, right, the brain tumor now shows up and yeah. Buffy gets sad and she can't punch this. And I was really wondering whether this doctor was related to Peace Nye in any way because he looks like Armin a bunch. But <laughs> no, apparently he's not. And that's all he's I was just a bald at. white guy. You think all bald white men look alike? Oh, this guy looks pretty similar to Armin Zimmerman. <laughs> this I did not think that at all. So you know what? You do you. And yeah, Ben shows up to, you know, get rid of this guy because he's got 0% bedside manner and he's trying to do research about like, does your mother use a cell phone? Do you live <laughs> on top of a nuclear waste plant? <laughs> yeah, so Ben shows up to drive him away and be like, oh, you looked like you needed some help there Buffy I'm just here being Ben remember me Ben (laughs) I'll be in here every episode until you need me yeah I love the Ben scenes because they're just oddly incongruous like yeah it makes sense to have a, a character in the hospital that Buffy can like interact with in some way she doesn't do a lot of interacting with Ben overall and then I I don't have much of a character read on him so I guess wholesome but then she's got Ri-Fi. How much more wholesome do you need? Like, she doesn't really even remember who he is in no. this episode. She's like, oh, what was your name? Ben? Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, we've met. Definitely, definitely remember you. I do like that. Yeah, they reintroduce him because <laughs> his name's been mentioned like once and it's pretty understandable that the audience doesn't know who he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard with names because you, like, what are you going to do, right? You either have to keep having situations for someone else to say that person's name, or you just hope everyone remembers, I guess. Yeah, there are ways to have someone slip a name into conversation and have it not be too awkward, Michaela. (laughs) There's a, someone's looking for him, like one of the other nurses, and they're like, (laughs) Ben! 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 Have you seen a guy named Ben? (laughs) B-E-N. It's spelled exactly how you think. It's Ben. Oh, there he is. There is Ben. I see Ben. He's over there. He has very luxurious hair. (laughs) (laughs) He does indeed. And yeah, Buffy's been told that she can't help her mother. There's nothing she can do. Which, mm, do you think that goes over well with Buffy? It sure doesn't. She's like, no, I'm going to do magic. Magic will fix everything. Magic did fix everything last time she did magic to help her mom, didn't it? Oh, Sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Riley, Riley's not really on board the magic train, and she does not accept this. Which is, no. it's very Buffy to just say, I'm going to find a solution and then go and try stuff. And leave your sister in yep. the hospital with Ri-Fi and a pack of lies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So she's trying to protect Dawn through lying. Because, yeah, she wanders away and she's like, oh, if Dawn wakes up, tell her everything's perfectly fine and there is gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, Elves are doing this. Evil elves. And if you clean your room properly, mother will get better. Uh, Gotta go. And you're like, this is not helpful. (laughs) She says that they don't know anything yet, which Uh doesn't give Dawn false hope. It just delays the inevitable. And you might say, what's the point of that? You're going to have to tell her anyways. But a couple more hours of her not knowing that her mother has a brain tumor. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, why tell her when you don't really have to? Like When Joyce is going to be asleep for many hours still. A couple more hours of not having that knowledge and having your sister around. Man, that would be (laughs) extra great. Don't worry. Turns out that's not going to happen, though. Riley's going to take her to do a bunch of kid things. He knows, like, what kid's like. God. (laughs) Why is it up to Ri-Fi? Buffy doesn't even care about Ri-Fi. Yeah. That's how little she cares about her sister. It's like, oh, this guy that I don't particularly like anymore. Hang out with him while our mom is in trouble. Oh, boy, Buffy. Oh, boy. Okay, Anya knows a ton about magic, and this is super useful. She calls Giles stupid, and he is. He doesn't know what he's selling people. He doesn't know where he's putting items on the shelf that are going to blow up. Yeah. Exactly, and he's supposed to be the owner, and he's all like, whatever. You... (laughs) That those scrolls are really old and no one can read them anyways. So doesn't <laughs> you can sell these things together. It's fine. Yeah, there's a transmogrification amulet and maybe something else that I, yeah, is they bad. They just keep saying transmogrifying. <laughs> Which is a Calvin and Hobbes term. I know that it's like a real term, but the transmogrifier is a Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> thing. 
<laughs> oh no. And so that's how I know that word. So I'm just like, oh yeah, she's going to turn herself into all sorts of wacky things, isn't she? Oh my God. Apparently transmogrify is a verb, humorous, transform, especially in a surprising or magical manner. <laughs> and the, uh, the sentence that the dictionary presents for a use of transmogrify, mm -hmm. the cucumbers that were ultimately transmogrified into pickles. What? That's not magical or surprising. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yo, if you didn't know that they were going to turn to pickles, you'd be pretty <laughs> fucking surprised. I mean, for the first, I'm going to say seven years of my life, I had no idea that those two things were related. <laughs> right? I hadn't seen tiny cucumbers before. <laughs> I thought they came that big. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <gasps> okay, so Rifi does good older siblinging to Sunam while Buffy's <laughs> dropping the ball. And, uh, yeah, he's, like, taking her to the merry-go-round, and she's talking about all the times they had there. I think there's ice cream involved here, I think perhaps. He's, he's bought her ice cream that she doesn't really feel like eating, but I assume she appreciates the gesture. Mm -hmm. And then she does that sweet, sweet Dawn thing where she's like, I'm trying to be helpful, but instead I'm making everything worse. Ah, oh, classic Sun Am. Classic Sun Am. Yeah. So Buffy's trying to find an answer in magic. But it turns out not a lot of magic fixes cancer. And I'm imagining there are a couple reasons for this. One, as they say, magic and medicine don't really mix, which, mm, not sure about that. But two, like, cancer wasn't really the biggest issue when most people were dying of the Black Death. True. And doing magic on a person's brain just sounds like a bad idea <laughs> if you thought it was wacky when xander did that love thing just right? wait until you try to do fucking brain surgery with magic like magic's pretty finicky i don't think that trying to do it on someone's brain is really what you want this is yeah, my get picture rid of the extra cells that aren't supposed <laughs> to be there yeah no big deal you can figure that out right spell got it but yeah, this is my picture getting that lean on. Holy shit. That's... So they're all... <laughs> they're all sitting around the table. Everyone is sitting. And for some reason, Giles is just like super leaning over all of them. Looming, leaning, really. <laughs> leaning does not convey or capture the true scale of this motion. Because he's got one foot up on a stool... Yeah. And so he's leaning over that, and that's a solid lean. Like, that's a Captain Morgan-style lean that he could have going on. But then his other hand is down on the table to steady himself. It's just a very imposing and uh, impressive figure for something that doesn't really need it. It for, So from the, the image that I managed to capture here, it looks like he's delivering some sort of very important information. Oh, yeah. And really, he's just like, oh, Buffy, we definitely can't do that spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But the stage presence, Michaela, the stage yeah. presence. He's just oozing it, that's for sure. So they don't want to tell Buffy about this whole selling magic items to Glory that she definitely shouldn't have thing. But, oh no, Anya's here and <laughs> does not want to be called clumsy in front of anyone you know, she doesn't like being blamed for things that she didn't do, and they're trying to blame her for something that she didn't do in order to cover up a lie. And she does get it after the third person <sighs> chimes in to be like, no, Anya, that is what happened. And then she's like, oh, yes, I am such a clumsy fool that I am. Buffy is not fooled by any of this, obviously. I mean, it takes a while for Buffy to catch on. But yeah, <laughs> she uh, does find out about the whole magic stuff getting sold to Glory. And this is about the time in the episode when I remembered what you had said about <laughs> another CGI snake in this show. <laughs> and yes, thinking... indeed. <laughs> I was worried I had ruined the surprise. Oh, I and forgot I mean... entirely. I, in a way, I did. But yeah, if you remember just as it happened, then I really didn't. Because, <laughs> yeah, the amulet was the amulet of the cobra, and they've gone mm. to the Sunny D Zoo, they being Glory and Dreg in this case. They find themselves a cobra. Glory punches up some glass in, grabs what is very clearly a plastic cobra. <laughs> right. <laughs> so plastic, yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> don't worry, the, the effects will go up from here, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Buffy shows up alone to stop Glory, which goes exactly as expected in that Buffy gets the ever-loving shit beat out of her. Everyone's like, Buffy, this is a bad idea. You know you can't fight her. And Buffy's like, I'm ready this time, though, so it's going to be okay. It is not okay. 
It is not okay. But Buffy needs that thing that she can punch so she can feel better. And yeah, Glory's that's all it is. not it. But no. mm, she's on the right track. And anyway, this is where we come into my next segment. Sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> I have had it with these motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. Oh, God. So what is our snake count at? Uh, three or four? Okay, so there was Reptile Boy, right? Yes. There was- And that's arguably a large snake thing. Yeah, I think that's a snake monster. That it's He's very snaky. Then mm-hmm. there's the snake that shows up when the mayor is sacrificing, or just witnessing the sacrifice of all of those children. Uh, yes! And, is that band candy? Yeah, I think so. I think they're yeah, trying to feed the candy. kids to a snake. Yeah, what? yeah, they are. <laughs> And then you've got the mayor, yep. Faith Mayor Giant Snake. Obviously, yep. I was correct about him, you know, bursting out of... His, he was a giant snake trapped in a tiny man body. So that's sure, number everyone three. Everyone remembers that, yeah. Everyone remembers that clearly. And then this so. is a fourth giant snake that they have tried to put in this goddamn show. They went a whole season without a giant snake. Season four, snake free. <laughs> so that's, I think season that's one is snake free. I think season two just had two. Oh, no, season three had two. Season one has a giant praying mantis, which I'm going to put in the same category as being just as bad as these snakes. Yes. So the snake is better this time. You know what? Snake technology is always improving. (laughs) And at least in the first couple shots. So initially, it's just like a fully computer-generated snake. And then it's a mixture of practical effects, which when you're like tied in on the thing hold up pretty nicely they're they're fine when it's pretty close and you can't see it move too much and it's not trying to move too much it shouldn't try to move too much but they've got some articulation on the eyes where they've got like the the eyelids that come over translucently and And the eyes flash mm -hmm. yeah that's good it's still not good though it's not well done. And then the more you try to have this thing slither, no. either in practical or in CG, it All just bad. looks terrible. And then when Buffy's riding it. Oh, that was, that was the, the worst part for me. Because oh then there's God. a computer generated Buffy riding the computer generated snake. And oh. you're just like, anything but a snake, guys. Just make it a normal demon. Just give her something to punch. Doesn't have to be a snake, you know? doesn't have to be a snake why do they keep going back to the snake well it's not a good well it's full of snakes it's full of snakes at one point the practical snake is slithering along and Mm. genuinely looks like it's riding a horse yeah yeah or just like they're i think at one point they just mount it on uh like a wheelie scooter so it's It's just very forward. yeah it glides it glides oh man it has no sinuousness to it it's just awful when it's in the magic box and then has to slither away, there's a shot, like it's shot beside Dawn's shoulder. So her head is partially in it and her mm-hmm. head does not budge. No. <laughs> so that, that would be, there'd be too many things going on, I think. Yeah. So, so this is what we have to deal with for the rest of this episode. Oh, God. I, so Rifi shows back up at the magic box. Buffy's gone to flight, fight Glory. Bloody typical. Xander drops them truth bombs on Rifi about his thrill-seeking behavior as of late. And I'm so happy to see Xander in the proper Xander role that is funny at times, but also the most insightful person in the group who can just give that quiet word off to the side. He's just saying so many things that have substance. Mm-hmm. he's saying pertinent things that are coming from a place of him caring about riley and not wanting to see him go down whatever path this is mm-hmm. and trying to say like hey buddy like are you okay like honestly are you okay and then riley just brushes all of this off and he's like i'm gonna go sulk and willie's and willie's not gonna be there because this show uh, is dumb yeah <laughs> So Rifi has a sad drink. Buffy's sad. Sunam's doing some journaling. This <laughs> same vampire lady comes out to Rifi. So this is Sandy. Sandy! And he's just going to go for it this time. You know what? It's fine. It's a tray bad idea, but he's going to go and make out with this vampire, which goes exactly as you'd imagine. So what do you think his plan was here? 
Like, I what is his was, intention? He was going to stake her after getting that thrill of a vampire biting him, because that seems like a good time. Okay. And, like, that's pretty close to what we're going to... Because, obviously, this is going to come back up. And mm, so, yeah. we are going to, like, have an explanation of sorts for this. The person with whom I watched this lovely, lovely show... Mm-hmm was under the impression that because Buffy seems to keep being into vampires, Riley's intention was to turn himself into a vampire. (gasps) (laughs) And I'm like, that is not what he was doing. That is, oh, that's inaccurate. And then I had to explain about the big sucking thing and how there's no way Riley's a vampire because that's not how it works. Yeah, he's definitely not a vampire. We know that much. There was skepticism on the part of my companion. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. So he stakes her. It goes way past where it should, but he does stake her. And he's just got such weird, he's just got such weird habits these days. And you're thinking to yourself, what's your plan here? Isn't going to be pretty obvious, but no, he's got that covered. Don't even worry. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Don't worry. A large gaping (laughs) neck wound. He's got a foolproof plan. Foolproof plan. (laughs) Okay, so the snake technology is not advanced like they wanted it to in the show. When that snake punches a bunch of shelves onto Buffy, uh, it was like the funniest part of this episode for me. It's like, all so why, bad. Why is a snake punching anything? I, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's so crazy. And like, it should have been any other demon, not another snake, you know? There's no... Literally no reason that it needs to be a snake. There is no reason at all. Snakey boy does show up and, yeah, he breaks through the window. That's a terrible shot. When he's breaking through the window, they don't know how to do, like, gravity properly. So it's oddly fast, the entire thing. So according to the wiki, the writer of this episode, David Fury, was originally envisioning something amorphous, bug-like and like something non-human looking mm-hmm. and then marty Knoxon was like what about a snake <laughs> <laughs> and they thought we haven't done that for a while sure <laughs> yeah, it's been like a season since we did that <laughs> oh garbage just no. garbage nonsense so right snake his entire purpose is to find sun am and report back to glory with the information about where she is so he sees her she screams he's like oh that's the key all right here i go snaking away as i do <laughs> so buffy and the g-man have to give chase in the g-mobile v2.0 much Yo, excitement g-mobile 2.0 is actually good at car chases it is good at car chases which is yeah sure the the special effects through all of this are middling to bad i would say <laughs> Uh, they do a couple large scenes, like, yeah, far away shots of cars swerving or dumpsters getting pushed around unconvincingly and uh, the G-Mobile having to swerve to avoid that. There's there's some okay stunt driving happening. Yep. And that's about where it ends. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Buffy having to get out of the car and chase it on foot through a park or what mm-hmm. looks like a green space, manages to grab a chain on the way mm-hmm. and then goes full jab of the hut on the snake yeah i've also got jabba style <laughs> no the wiki pointed out to me how jabba the hut ish oh. this was <laughs> yeah it's really subtle and i'm sure no yeah cool mm-hmm. uh but oh no the snakey fooled you he's just <laughs> pretending to be dead he throws buffy off punches the, she punches it a bit though because that's you know this is a thing that she can punch to feel better and she punches it way past the point to where punching it is useful anymore. Her it's face like she's gets playing pretty gun goopy. Point. Yeah. yeah. How has this character not progressed pa- past this point? Because, yeah, she it goes out looking for something to punch. First thing doesn't work out so well for her. Finds something she can punch and then really gives it a good punching and mm-hmm. solves all of her problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Glory's all sad and alone up in her nice penthouse apartment overlooking the scene of her glorious snake creation's demise. Now, I, I'm i pretty sure the implication here is that she can't see No, I don't the think snake, she can. But it's quite close. Like, it, it's gotten quite close to where she is. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. What are they going to do with this snake corpse? 
<laughs> uh, leave it and it'll transform back into a very badly beaten cobra <laughs> when Hopefully. the magic wears off. I just, it's very problematic. I understand that everyone's got Sunnydale syndrome and they'll just be like, oh, it's a mutated crocodile. I don't know. Okay, so alternate ending for this episode, right? Giant snake shows up, starts causing trouble for the Scoobies. They're like, oh shit, Giles, do you have another one of those necklaces? And he's like, yes, I do. It's the amulet of the mongoose. And they're like, (laughs) fucking perfect. Let's do it. And they make a giant mongoose. And then it's a kaiju fight or like Power Rangers fight between the snake and mongoose. And all the effects are terrible. Or it's just a guy in a mongoose suit fighting a guy in a snake suit. Um, That sounds, I'd watch that. I would also watch Adam fight this giant snake. (laughs) Because I think that would really be his wheelhouse, you know? <laughs> just terrible villains just swirl them all together you know fuck it so it's it's this problem of glory is not going to go do these things herself and that's no. very reasonable because yeah she's not the kind of person i'm gonna go with person mm-hmm. who's gonna go and you know do these little tasks that no. are better left to her servants but her servants are just these weak scabby they're sort of like monks. I guess <laughs> yeah. they're more like cultists than anything. Yeah, they're, right, they're demon cultists. Yeah. And so, I mean, they can't really find the key or beat up the Slayer either. So then they need some third thing. <laughs> oh. Ah, after so... 10,000 years, I'm awakened. And my first mission is to destroy Earth. Like, yeah, yeah. Glory's just Rita Repulsa at this point. Oh, I hate it, but, you know, maybe that's what happens when you bring in your villain too early. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I still like Glory. I think it's good. I just think the snake monster is so awful. Yeah. Glory is a lot more fun. A lot more fun. So close to the end. Uh, Joyce is telling Sun-Am the scoop about the whole brain tumor thing, and Ri-Fi shows up and shows us all a little lesson at the end of this episode. That lesson is... (laughs) Turtlenecks never die. So you've called this never die, and I've called it never ever die. And Oh, yes. Arguably, these pictures are moments apart, and <laughs> mine just is so much worse for Mark Blucas. It's not the worst Mark Blucas face I've ever seen. It's also not especially kind. It's just so much worse than yours, because he yes. started to, to speak, and yeah. that's the second that I paused the episode, and I kept it. It does look like he's telling Buffy, you do know how to whistle, don't you? <laughs> it's, yeah, again, there are, I've taken far worse pictures, but your picture is much nicer, so. <laughs> well, the listeners will never see it because these pictures are too similar. <laughs> they sure are. And, right, so he's used his turtleneck to cover up his indiscretion, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And he's basically like, hey, Buffy, I'm here for you again. And she's like, oh, no, it's all good. I got to be strong for my family. So I definitely don't need to cry on your shoulder or anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm a little bit torn, to be honest, because there's part of me that that thinks that obviously she has been shirking her responsibilities onto him and sort of using him (laughs) to do errands for her during this time. Uh But then the other part of me thinks that is what she needs right now, though. Yeah. And she can't just start bawling and then go back in and be strong for Dawn and her mom. No, the end of this episode where Rifi is standing there after seeing Buffy go back in to comfort her dying mother. And he's like, well, she doesn't have much time for me, does she? He does keep making it about him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is not about you, bud. Like, no. Yeah, I guess just be here for her. This doesn't. This kind of sucks, but just be like, okay, maybe we're not in her relationship anymore. Maybe I'm just gonna be here as a friend, and I can I can start to move on from stuff. He's but... taking it all very personally, and I think he's wrong to do that because yes. you know Buffy still seems very happy that he's there. She wants like she is asking him to comfort her. She's like giving him prolonged hugs, and mm-hmm. she just doesn't have time to, yeah, be in this relationship in the way that he wants right now. But that's not to say that they aren't still going to give back to that when things are better in this other part of her life that things are, like, falling apart in. Yeah, this majorly important part of her life. No, it just paints Rifi in such a negative and whiny and self-involved light that last season, 
he was so nice and wholesome and thoughtful in such a different way than this. So you might say that they're trying to make us dislike him. It's working. Sure. Yeah, he's And they're doing now. a great, great job of it. But mm-hmm. have they done a disservice to his character? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's two things, right? He was super last season. So he's had to deal with the fact that he's no longer super, but still wants to be, but isn't going to be as strong as Buffy and has problems with that. And then there's this other thing of, yeah, him just being really needy. That was never, like, that was never a part of his character before. And I think that Riley of last season would be in this situation and just say, yes, Buffy, I will do whatever you need. I'll be here if you want. I'll leave if you want. Anything Like, whatever you need me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to assume we're okay because I know what you're going through is a huge deal. So there's an arthouse circle jerky sort of apologist way of looking at this that actually makes a lot of sense. And that is we are often seeing Buffy's uh, relationships through the unreliable narrator lens of Buffy's experience. And then we're seeing the best things about Ri-Fi presented to us as a character early on. And then as she gets to know him better, these things start to come out. And, like, we saw Ri-Fi without Buffy last season, and he was still amazing. And (laughs) this is out of character for what we saw, like, completely objectively without Buffy anywhere around. But if you're seeing the entire season or the entire show through her eyes, then it's easier to justify and say that this was who he was a lot of the time. And she was just so enamored with him that she overlooked all of these things and none of them got presented on screen. But that's like, that's an apologist viewpoint. It is. Yeah, it it gives the writers like way too much credit. (laughs) So much credit for just needing to get rid of a character because Spike is much more popular. Like, to be fair, Riley is boring, especially now that he's not Mr. Commando. Oh, there's nothing to do with him anymore. They have nothing to do with him. He's just he's the same power level as Xander. And we've already Mm -hmm. got one of those. Yep. And Xander's funny and insightful now. He's not even gross anymore. No, right? He's Ri-Fi, so useful. Oh, yeah. he, he does carpentry? Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, that is our episode. Yeah. Michaela, what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Now, I, as you may recall, last episode, I couldn't really remember what happened in this episode. Right. And I stand by that. Okay. So I'm not I will, really sure. <laughs> I will agree with that. And I think this episode could easily be cut from the season without losing too much. It does bring in one important thing. Because, like, Joyce's medical situation doesn't meaningfully advance at all. Like, we get a no. definitive diagnosis of what's happening to her, but... You could like, do that symptom in a wise, scene. Yeah, symptom-wise, nothing really happens. There's a lot of good character work around that. None of that is the thing that needs this to be in this season, though. I think when the writers were writing up this season and sketching out the arc of it, this episode was taken from the sentence that read something like, And then Glory messes around a lot in Sunnydale causing trouble. Yeah. But doesn't directly confront the Scoobies. And that is something that she needs to be doing as a villain to establish herself. And that's what this episode does. It's just like, hey, Glory does a thing. It doesn't work for her, but we know more about her. That's what this whole episode felt like. Joyce gets more sick. Glory gets a name and then does some stuff. And we have a fun time with her wacky follower who does come up with some very hilarious things to call her, if we're being honest. And when he's trying to let her rip his tongue out, but really she just (laughs) wants the scroll that he's holding. Hilarious. And I think that's like the IMDb thumbnail, which is great. And, oh God, he has this, this expression on his face that's halfway between he doesn't really want to do it but he's so grateful that she Mm -hmm. might touch him oh my god if she touched (laughs) his tongue to rip it out oh that'd be the best thing ever and like he's acting that through all of his gross scabby makeup so i think he was just yeah he was doing a a phenomenal job he's my actor of the week right there yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i mean no it's clearly joyce or buffy for this episode because they're actually doing a lot of emotional work sure yeah they're not just being wacky (laughs) Right, but he is the wackiest and the uh, most fun. I love that those wacky sidekicks, you know me. But yeah, when you take this episode out, like, it just, it's less of a build-up for things, but other shows get around that by just having bad things happen earlier. Yeah. 
definitely it, there's nothing that's really bad about it, but no part of it that you think, man, I'm glad I watched that episode. No, no. <laughs> Michaela, who won this episode? That's going to be hard. <sighs> that is hard. Spike got to sniff Buffy's sweater, steal a pair of her underwear, and gets oh. away only mildly burned. And drive more of a wedge between her and Captain Cardboard. Correct. Maybe yeah. Tara actually looks good and non-schlubby for once, except for her old shiny lips. And she makes a wild guess that turns out to maybe <laughs> oh, be pretty Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> so good. She's the best at fucking research ever. Uh, she can see what's not written in the books. Wow, like that's Oh, we get so few tarot wins that I'm I'm tempted. Yeah, I'd go with a tarot win cuz the spike one's just so gross. He's just so fucking creepy. Like so good. It's the worst and I know he's not supposed to be a sympathetic character, but why does he have to be so creepy? I guess someone has to be. Xander's not doing it anymore. No, 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 the, the shows don't have a creepiness quota that they have to meet. <laughs> Clearly they do. <laughs> All right, in a, an episode that I would call bereft of choices, what is the best outfit from this oh, episode? Obviously nonstop leather. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. And the zipper up the back, man. Yeah. Just, like, obviously they're going to make her look really good. That's that's part of her whole thing, is that she's supposed to just, yeah, effortlessly always look amazing, and mm -hmm. they're, it's working. So far, it's definitely working. Yep, hundo P. Hundo P. Woo! Well, Michaela, what do you think Teeks thought of this oh. episode? God, what did Teeks call this? Mm -hmm. Oh no, the one where Joyce has a brain tumor. That's so many more words than he used. <laughs> the one with Glory? Mm, the one with the giant snake, which, <laughs> as we've discussed at length, is super inaccurate. <laughs> so one of the four with the giant snake, I would say. I would actually argue this is the smallest snake so far. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's accurate. <laughs> as much as I hate it, I think this is the smallest snake we've seen in this fucking bullshit show. Uh, yeah. Okay, I enjoyed this episode. I like that we got to see more of Glory, as she is one of my favorite villains of the show. Not not too much about this review to stand out, but like, yeah. you know, in this episode, Buffy's mother, Joyce, goes to the hospital for a CAT scan where they discover that she has a shadow and must go into surgery immediately. That's the first sentence done, and you're like, <laughs> shit, Teeks. Whew, take a breath. Y'all gotta learn about periods. Anyway, I love this line. It turns out that Joyce has a brain tumor. Poor Joyce. And you're like, oh, <laughs> dang. That is That's so cold. cold. Why Teeks? I thought you liked Joyce. Actually, I have no idea what Teeks' feelings towards Joyce are. No clue. Anyway, uh, yeah, Giles sells Glory some shit that he shouldn't. Glory conjures a giant snake that will find the key, and when the sn snake finds Dawn at the magic box, Buffy and Giles follow the snake so they can reach, so they can stop it before it reaches Glory. And you're like, yep. <laughs> it's hard to make this episode seem exciting, isn't it? Overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10, which yeah. in my ratings book is great. And yeah, yeah, he enjoyed this episode, but like, uh, this is not one of his favorites, you know? Yeah, that I mean, that tracks. It all tracks. Did, did Teeks even mention Spike? Uh, no. Spike does not come up in this review. Probably because Teeks loves Spike and could not... Reconcile. Deal, yeah, reconcile how creepy Spike was being. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, I've, I've got a fun fact for you. Lay it on me. So, if you recall on the Buffy episode rating website that's like the aggregator of all oh, yeah. the other lists. I had told you that in the bottom 20, there were two season five episodes. Mm -hmm. So coming in at 129 out of 144 is Shadow, this episode. <laughs> okay. Coming in at 132 out of 144 is season five, episode nine, Listening to Fear. Oh, good God. <laughs> just the next episode oh no so i'm sorry that the um eighth it's and ninth episodes of this worse than this <laughs> listen this was not a terrible episode the snake was awful sure but like otherwise yeah it just happened but that's the problem it just happened i don't want buffy that just happens i want fun buffy this and then it's gonna be three points lower that's not encouraging Coming in at 130 was Goodbye, Iowa. 
Oh, wow, that's generous as fuck. Uh, I mean, I've got a <laughs> yeah, noted anti-Gabiowa <laughs> bias. Coming in at 133, so one below listening to Fear is Dead Man's Party. So. Oh, fuck, we're in for a time, aren't we? Oh, People do not fuck. like this episode. It fuck. is It's not great. I mean, <laughs> so I didn't warn you about this little, little twofer that we were going to yeah, have. Yeah, one-two punch. Jeez. But, you know, after that, it's going to be fairly smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah, because this is a good season. Again, they leveled up in a bunch of things. At least one robot, so you know that that's oh. probably not going to be great. <laughs> I mean, that's the quota, right? You gotta get your robot. You gotta, gotta get, get your, your snake, giant yeah. snake. You gotta get your one mention of Zand as a character name. <laughs> uh, gotta meet the creepy season. quota. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, fucking. Hell, okay. Oh man, that's that's a trip. <laughs> Good time. Oh, well, yeah. until then, our listeners can always reach out to us via email beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. All of the pictures, and you should check out Old Shiny Lips, Oof. are up on the Facebook page. And if you'd like to reach <laughs> Mikhail or I personally, we have some teenage friends on After School, a social network exclusively for high school students. My youthful minion is reachable at not yet escaped this hellhole, Michaela. And I'm on there at I was never in math club. Oh, you can also reach me. I've got another youthful minion at worst days of our lives because high school is <laughs> not the best days of your lives, children. It's awful. And I was in flute <gasps> choir. I just want to make that really clear. There was no math club. I was not in math club. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. First folks, Michaela Marshall. Too cool for math club. I was busy with flute choir. <laughs> That's it for us. Until next week. Farewell from, from the, the hell mouth. Hell mouth. Hell no. Hell no.